The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the program Afternoons with Mike. Heard daily here on The Shepherd, across the Shepherd Radio Network, and that means Orlando, Ocala, The Villages, and Gainesville. I'm in the studio today with two guys both having the same last name and because it's a father and son, Clark Waters and Steve Waters. Welcome to my program today. Thank you very much. Pleasure Thank to you. be here. It's really great to have both of you. Your names are familiar for our Shepherd listeners because of the fact that you're one of the advertisers on our what we call the CBS, the Christian Business Showcase. And uh, a mutual friend, our good friend Mark Goldstein, is the one that's kind of aimed you guys toward involvement with the shepherd. And we say to both of you, thank you for doing that. Well, Mark's been a great inspiration to me and a good friend and has always been there for me when I needed it. He, he came to me, I guess it was 1994, I guess when I met Mark. Oh my Um, goodness. Yeah. Just got into the air conditioning business on my own and uh, didn't know anything about marketing. And Mark took the time to actually come to my house and explain to me dollars well spent will be dollars returned. Um, he's a Christian Jew, which I found very enlightening, and I love that about mm-hmm. him. Uh, we shared about the Lord and talked about him and how I wanted to have a business that was based on the principles of being a good person that God wants us to do, right. how he wants us to treat others and try to be fair but also how to make a profit, because if we can't make a profit, we can't stay in business. How long, Steve, have you worked for your dad? Um, probably since I was around 10 years old. <laughs> really? Okay, you got to be on the job, and one of those, uh, what they call them business rats or whatever, you know, you're just there hanging out and doing that and learning the business. Correct. guilty by association guilty by association all of the above in other words that's great let's start with you clark tell me a little bit about your background are you uh, a floridian from birth uh no came from north carolina in 1968 i was 15 when we moved down here i grew up in a small town and uh, everybody knew everybody's business a sunday everybody went to church the only way you could get out of going to church as a child you had to be literally sick, and mm. I mean sick. Yeah, with your, a fever. Your father had yeah. to see you at literally get sick. <laughs> Other than that, you were going to church. And I uh, grew up in the Southern Baptist is what I was raised as, and I uh, was baptized here um, at 21 in the Lutheran Church. Um, I had married a young lady, that's Steve's mother, and uh, she was Lutheran, so that was easy to, to go mm-hmm. to. Okay, and there's usually a reason for those kind of switches. And uh, Stephen and his sister both went through uh, catechism there, mm-hmm. and they were baptized after birth in, in that church. So that's what got me going uh, to, to where I'm at now. After the Lutheran church, uh, unfortunately, the marriage ended. We got married mm-hmm. very young. And after that, I started going out to Faith Assembly, and I uh, absolutely loved the church and loved the pastor and uh, attended there. Carl Stevens. Carl Stevens. Great. Yeah. 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 
And uh, he brought me really closer to the Lord. I mean, the presence was there when I was in the church. And that meant the world to me. He preached out of the Bible, and it was right in line with what my beliefs were. So mm-hmm. that was a good thing for me. So uh, that's pretty much where where I've been and where I'm at. And You're uh, still going to that church. I have remarried. My second wife passed away. And so after that, I remarried. And uh, we are attending in Lake Helen now, the Methodist Church in Lake Helen. Mm-hmm. So it's been a uh, a journey for you. Yeah, and it's all been uh, what was, number one, easy for me to attend and get to, and also uh, easy to worship in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's important to me to have religion in my life, to have God in my life. Uh, we have based the business on that. It's a, a blessing that I've had from him from day one, and I know that if I hadn't had him on my side and blessing me, we wouldn't be where we are. We're a pretty, pretty good company, a solid company, uh, do a good job for people. I've got excellent people working for me and they really make me look good. And so it's not, they, they really don't work for me. They work with me. And that's the basis of it. It's, uh, you know, I work for other companies that they would make you do stuff that was, they didn't care. Mm-hmm. Crawl up in the yeah. attic, 180 yeah. degrees, just get in there to get it done. And I'm not that way. I understand what it takes to do it because I was forced to do that. So the whole principle was to have a business that everybody that worked there could make a decent living, have a good lifestyle for their families, and become part of the family of EC Waters Air Conditioning, which Mm -hmm. is the name of the business. So uh, we've done that. We've got long-term employees. We hire new ones. We train them. Uh, So it's, it's been a journey. I mean, it's been... One of the hardest things I've ever had to do was to keep the business open and running. And Steve has been a big asset on that because he's been my right hand from day one. And anytime I needed something done, yes, sir, he was on it. He would go do it, no questions asked. And he did it well, and he did it correctly. So uh, he's been set to a little higher standard than everybody else, and he's, mm-hmm. he's been able to keep that. Now, that's that can be a great thing. It can be a, a troubling thing, right, to have a, a standard, a bar set for your uh, your exemplary actions and all of that. How was that for you, Steve? Uh, it's a challenge. Yeah. You know, uh, one, you don't want to disappoint your dad, but, uh, you know, it's like I've always told people, Monday through Friday, I work with my boss, and on the weekends, I'm with my dad. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, having the understanding of uh, business and family is two separate things. I've always tried to keep those um, separate in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So you can keep that even though your dad is your boss all through the week. You can respect the fact that he's still leading this company and kind of uh, approach it from that angle and not from the fact that he's your dad. Correct. Even when we're at work, I call him Clark just because it's professional and it kind of you know, don't want to have the nepotism of other people thinking you're getting away with certain things. So mm-hmm. I always kind of had the attitude, I got to do more than everybody else so that nobody says, uh, you're just the boss's kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've seen that in other things. So kind of drove me to work harder, do better and, um, set the, set my standards higher. Mm, that's great, man. What was your journey like with regards to the Lord? I know it sounds like you guys, you went through a lot Divorce is never an easy thing. It's rarely ever something that that uh, happens without really major impact, major problems uh, that are resulted from it. How was that for you? Um, 
Well, it's kind of like how you asked me how I got started in air conditioning. Well, I was born into it. Mm -hmm. It was the same thing with the church. I just remember being there, uh, you know, Trinity Lutheran downtown. I mean, I can still to this day tell you every door, every crevice and every pathway in the, in the, um, church. Um, I've moved on from Trinity since then. Now we're going to, uh, my wife and I are going to grace right over around the corner from here. Mm -hmm. Um, like dad was saying, it's a, you know, church where it's easy to worship. You know, you, you don't, you know, you don't feel like you're being pressured to do certain things and you can follow along and you, you know, people are happy to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's been a nice thing for me. That's good. How did you like growing up in this area? It's been a lot of changes. I mean, it's still, um, now I'm over in the Baldwin park area, which when I grew up, there was a Navy base. Mm -hmm. And I remember the Navy ship that that was out there when I yeah, was riding right. my bike to school. When you would see all of the, uh, graduating classes out there by that ship. Correct. Yeah. You see them out there and then see them at the malls. And I mean, I just grew up in the area and to everything and seeing the changes in this area has, has been quite a, quite a change. You know, people who have moved in in the last 15 years into Orlando, they didn't get any of that. They didn't realize what a hub that uh, this area was for the Navy uh, students that were coming in, the recruits going through all of their basic here. And uh, seeing all of that, uh, it was always fun to drive by Bennett Road and, and take the little loop back there, what is now uh, a, a neighborhood. And really, I, I guess there's there's not even any semblance at all of what it was before there, right? From because I think they raised most of the buildings. Correct. Uh, if you go around the lake Baldwin on the path they have, back by the water's edge, if you look close, sometimes you'll see where they have like old barbecue pits that are still built. Mm. That it used to be that the sailors on the base could go over there on the weekends and have barbecues while they're during training and stuff like that. Um, but that's about the only thing I found over there, unless you look at the old VA. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was a, a bustling, very busy area, obviously very controlled uh, entrance as well as it should have been. But it really is different having been a part of Orlando. When we moved here in 85, that was always a treat. I mean, and we've actually had one a Thanksgiving dinner that we held where we uh, happened on and met a couple of the recruits from there. And they were not having any plans for Thanksgiving. Their family's not here. So we invited them to have dinner with our family. And so we had two people that we didn't know from Adam having Thanksgiving dinner with us. And that was a lot of fun. And getting to hear their story, I think they really appreciated uh, the attention and the ability to talk. But, uh, boy, I miss that kind of a flow. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, we lived uh, we lived over in Audubon Park, and we had invited some sailors for Thanksgiving dinner one year. And it was it was fun for them, and, and it was fun for us. We didn't have any turkey left over when they left. <laughs> yeah, right. But other than that, it was a good time. <laughs> they probably ate everything that was put they out were, there. They were enjoying a home-cooked meal, that was yeah. for sure. So yeah. it was fun to have them there. And, uh, you know, I'm like you. I miss that. You know, you don't have that in Orlando anymore. And uh, the Navy base, when they took it away, I was just really surprised that they would do that. Hmm. What, speaking of this area and the changes that we've seen, you've seen a ton of them, and these changes still are going on, right? Oh, yeah. When I first moved down here, I used to uh, go out on uh, 436. It stopped at Curry Ford Road, and then it was T.G. Lee property all the way out to McCoy Airfield. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, not wasn't even Orlando no, International no. back then. And uh, we would dove hunt out there on that property where oh, all these houses and apartments and businesses are now. So I uh, saw that uh, be developed and filled in. And then Colonial Drive was just a two-lane road at the time. And now it's six lanes mm-hmm. most of the places. So, yeah, it's uh, been growth in this town. It's been phenomenal. And, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. If I'd have known this corner was going to be built up like it was, you know, you could have bought that lot and hung on to it. Yeah. It's really crazy the changes. And I'm sure that if people who moved away uh, 1970 and they come back and look at it today, they wouldn't even know what oh, they're no, looking not at. at all. Not at all. I mean, all the places uh, like Ronnie's restaurant, you know, that was, yeah. a, that was a staple Been for there. everybody, you know, and uh, Sundays after church to go there for lunch or early breakfast before church. That was the place to go. And uh, the Winter Park Mall was the big thing when I was in high school. And uh, those places are still there, but they're not like they used to be. Everything changes, and I guess that's good for progress. Mm -hmm. So what has changed in the the air conditioning business? (laughs) What hasn't? Um, Refrigerant was a big change about seven years ago. And Mm -hmm. um, R12? R22 to 410A. Mm -hmm. And uh, then the efficiencies increased, and then they increased again. Uh, now in 2023, uh, they're going to stop manufacturing the 410A, which was supposed to be the refrigerant that solves all of our pollution problems. So they're coming out with another Freon that is actually flammable. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, the powers that be, here we go. Um, now they are changing over to higher efficiencies next year. So they're having to redesign all of the air conditioning products to meet the new EPA rules. So if you buy a brand new air conditioner today, uh, three years from now, you're not going to have the same Freon. I mean, you will still be able to purchase it, but it's going to be more expensive. And everything has to change. If you have one part go out, you're going to change and put in a whole new system again. Mm -hmm. Uh, The big change this year has been inflation. We've had over 24% price increase on air conditioning equipment alone and the products that go with it, the duct board and the flex and everything, you can't find it a lot of times now. Yeah. The supply chain problem. Yeah. It's been a big issue for us. So we've really had to uh, be inventive and come up with different things we can do to try and help our customers as well as stay in business and getting parts and supplies. Let's go back for a moment because I'm still buzzing in my brain a flammable, uh, basic Freon that is going to go inside a machine. What could go wrong with that? <laughs> well, a lot, I, I think. Um, and we haven't got the full scope of it yet. But, you know, my question is, if you have a gas furnace yeah, and you happen to have a Freon leak and that furnace fires up, there's got to be some safety mechanisms built into the equipment that will not let it fire, I would assume. But, you know, uh, soldering equipment, after it's installed, they've got quick connect couplings and quick connect elbows now that they're coming out with that are have a five-year warranty. So after five years, what happens? Your seals start leaking? I don't, you know, I don't know the answers to that. That's coming down the road. Oh. So the whole industry has changed. But one of the biggest change has been uh, automation. They've taken the building automation for commercial buildings and they've converted it over to the residential side for the Bluetooth for the uh, controls on your phone for your air conditioning thermostats, uh, control your air dampers. If you have a zone system, you can turn your system on, turn it off. You can 
place it on hold to a certain temperature. So the, um, the electronic side of it or the control side of it has really advanced. Mm -hmm. Now they're coming out with uh, train has a new product that they're putting out that you can look at a system and it'll tell you what's wrong with it. It's called link. We haven't got into that yet. They've started selling it, but that's coming in new. So that's another, I don't know if it's going to be good, bad, or ugly yet. We're it's still waiting to see. Yeah. I would imagine for you, Steve, I mean, it's got to be like a progressive uh, educational experience, just staying up with everything that changes, right? Correct. Yeah. I'm, I come from the generation still where you know, we didn't, weren't raised with computers and right. we didn't have them in school. And, you know, you, know, you spent about a one hour uh, in high school in a computer lab and that was about it. So uh, where we've come from on being able to, you know, my thermostat's not working now. Well, let me check your air conditioner. We've gone into, well, let me run a diagnostic on your computer first. Isn't that something? um, You're, you know, you're part of technician and part of computer repairman. And, you know, I always tell people I can fix mechanical issues and air conditioners, but I don't do software. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's, that's been a big change right there. And then with the availability of parts and materials right now, which we've seen in every aspect of anything with a computer chip, air conditioners have a lot of, uh, computer chips in them now. Mm -hmm. So the downtime we used to be able to, you know, your unit broke, we'll have you up and running today or tomorrow. We're now at the mercy of when things will be available. So, um, controlling expectations with customers and being upfront about it with them and things take longer now and it's out of our control is a tough one to explain Mm -hmm. to people. And, um, it's kind of where we, where we've gone in the industry. So all those ships that are kind of like sitting out in the water out of California that we can't get to dock to get all of these supplies. that's what we're led to believe anyway, that that's the real problem. And I I have heard down to, we don't have the screws. Do we don't have brackets? Do we don't Mm -hmm. have the wire? We don't have the clip. We don't have the paint. I've heard we've run out of cardboard to ship them in. Um, pallets, we don't have drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Those are yeah. the issues we've run into. So yeah. it used to be a, we'd come out and we could offer you options that best fit your needs. Now it's almost turned to the point where I come out and here's your two choices of what's available. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's the last three years has been just a complete revamp of, um, the whole process. Wow. Air conditioning is important to anybody who lives in Florida. You want to have a, a good working AC unit. I've got from EC Waters, I've got Clark Waters and Steve here with us. We'll be back with them in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike and you're on The Shepherd. Hey friends, thanks for being with me today. With me in the studio is Clark Waters and his son Steve Waters. They are from EC Waters, the air conditioning company in the Orlando area. And we've been talking about some things that are either, they're really germane to us all. They're really, there's not a person in Florida that lives here that doesn't love air conditioning. I'm I'm pretty sure uh, that is a given that most of us feel like we have to have it. It's, it's always, a, it's always been a hard day when you're, you're air conditioning your home goes out and you're living down here people up north they just can't quite relate to the humidity until they come down here and you guys do such a great job in in your ongoing uh work to 
make Florida just very livable. So thank you for doing that. But we're living in a time that is, as we were talking about during the break, you know, the, the political climate has changed, even in manufacturing. And what used to be a, a point of pride for Americans was be, would be that made-in-the-USA kind of mentality. We're proud of our work. We're proud of our, our efforts. We're proud of our ingenuity. And we work hard. We want to be honest. We want to put out something that is the good old USA. And we have functionally uh, sent out all of our business to China, right? Yeah, um, I would say 80% of stuff that comes through our business or our sector comes from other countries, China, Mexico, uh, Vietnam, places like that. It's just amazing when you go look at something and you'll see uh, a component made in Indonesia. Uh, it's like, okay, I thought this was an American product because I'm buying an American product, but it's very hard to find anything nowadays that is 100% American made. Uh, some of the wiring harnesses uh, specifically come from other countries. And, uh, you know, it's where we have a lot of the problems, the sensors, the, uh, the chips that Steve was talking about. Uh, they're mostly made in different countries. And when they come in, their quality control is not what it is in America. So, you know, we go out and put a part in your home, put in a uh, replacement part, charge you for it. And then a week or a month later, the part goes out. You're mad at me. You know, it's my responsibility, and we take that responsibility even though we don't manufacture the part. So it's it's a lot of uh, pressure on us from the consumer because I understand it. They want to get it right. They paid good, hard money for it, and then it falls back to us. We bought the part. We paid the price that you asked for it, and we didn't manufacture it, but we're still responsible to you as a client. So it's, um, it's a little bit of... Uh, juggling to have your mindset right on that because we always want to try and do what's right for the customer mm -hmm. not what we want to do uh, i can remember a lot of times i would sit in my office and someone would call up that was disgruntled and uh, you know trying to take the air out of their balloon so to speak so that they're calm you can talk to them and after the conversation's over you just got to sit there and shake your head you know i did what was right for them but i didn't do what was right for me mm-hmm but, you know, I think that's that's part of our success is we always have tried to do what's right. Well, it sounds like you are doing what's right, even though, like you said, it's not your fault that that part was uh, faulty. Uh, it's not your responsibility. And yet you as the supplier, if you will, the, the, the service company that's doing this work, you're wanting to do what's right for those people who... You're working for. Oh, we really try to do that. And, uh, you know, when you're hot, you're not very nice. And people are yeah, a lot braver yeah. on the phone or in a text message or an email than they are in person. Normally, if I can speak to them or Steve can talk to them on the phone, we can calm them down and, and explain the situation to them. And it makes things go a lot easier for us. But some people, they just don't want to, they don't want to hear it. You know, they want it fixed. They want it now. They don't understand why it broke after we just were out there and it, and then something went wrong. And a lot of times it's not the same thing that we repaired. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a chain of things that happen on an air conditioning system. If something fails, we always try to find the reason why it failed and repair that at the same time that we're fixing the part that, that failed. We can't always catch that. There's some hidden things that are intermittent that we, you know, mm -hmm. unless we sit there for 10 hours and figure it out, you're not going to pay us for 10 hours. 
So, you know, it's, uh, it's technical skills and it's also dependability on the parts that we buy. I remember probably eight years ago, uh, we had a bad deal going on with all the capacitors that we were buying and, uh, they were coming from, uh, another country. And so the, as a group, all the air conditioning contractors complained so much, they changed the manufacturer, went to American made products good old USA <laughs> and things went away. It, the problem stopped. Wow. So, you know. Yeah. Do you think uh, that that's going to become the trend? Are companies that manufacture these items, uh, like you said earlier, American companies that have been shipping out uh, and basically giving to China the contracts for making these things. Do you see any change in that? Is this going to I stay? hope so. I really do. I hope that it comes back being American made because it's just a better product. It may cost a little more. And to the end consumer, I think they would rather pay an extra 25 or $50 to have a better part that's going to last and to have something cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do cheap. We don't do easy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's in my, our opinion from so far when we can get an American product, it's just superior from anything else that's coming in. And I'm not bashing the other countries there. You know, they supply us. But um, I would love to see manufacturing in the United States come back to what it was back in the 70s, late 60s. You know, you everything you got was from here. And if you got something from another country, it was not quite what you were looking for. Now, here's a question that I think a lot of people are wondering. If companies decided to bring back their business and their uh, machines, their parts, the manufacture of all these things to America, would America be able to absorb that right now? I think it would, because if everything is being made here and everyone is buying American, the prices would probably be reduced a little bit. You wouldn't have the tariffs that you have to pay to bring stuff in. Um, I think it would be a better assembly, a better start to finish job, so to speak, that you would get a product that you could install and be proud of and, and have the, confidence that this is a good product that I'm selling now. Mm -hmm. And here lately, we don't have that. You know, we put in something new and it's like, yeah, the last one we put in work, but the other two we put in three days later, we're back out there. So it's just all quality control. And like Steve said, in the last three years, it's been a toss up. I mean, you know, we get what we can. And if you can't get it, you can't fix it. So you have to go to different sources to find it. And these these other sources that aren't in the United States are still coming in, but they're not coming in as quickly. And we're not set up here to make them. So you don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the problem, isn't it? That we kind of just like uh, jobbed out all of these opportunities that would have been American jobs with American ingenuity, with American, uh, let's, let's say um, an attitude or, kind of a work ethic mm-hmm. and we've just jobbed that out and, and, uh, well, we you know, a perfect example on. of that. Um, I have a patent out and I was thinking about manufacturing here in the United States. And as soon as I got everything through the patent office, um, I guess it was three days later, I get an email from somebody in China wanting to buy my patent. So what they want to do is take it, copy it, produce it cheaper, and then sell it back to the United States. I didn't sell it to them. I still mm-hmm. have it. I haven't yeah, done anything right. with it. But that's what happens. It's quick money for someone that comes up with an idea. They spend the money to get it patented. And then, you know, they sell it to China and not just China, other countries too. So, I'm, again, I'm not bashing China. Mm-hmm. But 
it's uh, it's easy for people to take the easy road, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Steve, turning to you for a moment on this whole supply chain thing, uh, your dad mentioned a while ago, duckboard is an example of a part that's been difficult to get. Uh, what are you hearing? What's coming to you from your peers, your age group, uh, about this whole supply chain problem? Unfortunately, nothing good. I have not had anybody tell me anything's going to get better or it's looking better. Every time I get a report on it, it's, hey, this is going to be the next thing that's happening. This is going to be the next thing that's we're going to be running out of. I just had a conversation this week about just duckboard material, mm-hmm. which, I mean, besides it just going up 300% in over eight months, we're running out of it. They can't even ship it now in cardboard containers because the there's card, no cardboard. There's no cardboard, yeah. or it's too expensive for the cardboard, and they're trying to keep the prices down. So, unfortunately, I'm not getting any good news that we see the light or we're planning ahead for it. Um, everything's just in a reactive state right now mm-hmm. and um, just don't have anything good to report on the supply issues. You know, you've got supply issues. We've already talked about the fact that uh, staffing has been a problem for just about every business. I mean, even restaurants can't really get enough workers to be servers or cooks or whatever. Are you finding that same problem in your business? Definitely. You know, we're a uh, technical company or technical business and no one wants to to work anymore. It's from the, I want it now generation, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we try to find young people that uh, maybe don't have the ability to go to college and we'll hire them and put them through a apprentice program, a three-year apprentice program. So by the time they're working with us and they get through with the school, they're well-trained. They probably couldn't go out and do everything by themselves, but within another year, year and a half, we've got a good technician, Mm -hmm. a good installer. And we've done that probably six or seven times over the last 25, 30 years. And, you know, sometimes they'll stay, sometimes they'll move on. But, you know, we try to support the, um, the, class that we're in as far as technical and helping out getting people educated and in schools. And I wish that they would do more of that. You know, you don't have it in school. That's how I got started. Um, I took it in my high school. Mm -hmm. And then when I left there, I went on up to Seminole junior college at the time and finished it up there with another two year degree. So, you know, that's what helped me figure out what I was going to do. And uh, they don't have that anymore not in the high school level anyway they still have a school in Seminole State um, there was one out at Florida Tech and then the uh, Orange County has one through the Air Conditioning Contractors Association you would think wouldn't you that as important as air conditioning is that that uh, we for self-preservation the government would be really trying to do everything they could do uh, and, and I think that's part of the problem right now is that government is not always now fulfilling what has historically set out as its own goal. And that was to protect its citizens. And we, I don't see a, that same level of uh, effort. And, and we've, it seems like it's being made more difficult to even do the very basics, like what you're doing every day. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's a challenge. Like I said earlier, it's probably the hardest thing that, that we have ever done um, as a as a business was number one trying to staff it with good qualified people, 
And, uh, you know, at one time we had grown and we were a little bit bigger than what we are now. We were doing a lot of new construction work. And luckily for us, we got out of that right before the crash in 2005, 2008. And so that saved us a lot there. But we were working with a, a lot of overhead and the profit margin just wasn't there on the new building, the new construction side yeah. of it. The only one that was really making the money was the builder and, you know, good for them. But um, it cost us a lot of headaches and stuff. So we got out of that in time. And so we weren't affected that much by the crash when it happened. But, yeah, getting good quality people and finding people that know how to work. I mean, we've had people come in want a job and, you know, we'd give them an opportunity. They wouldn't even know how to use a saw or a hammer or a screwdriver or anything. They yeah. just, no one had taught them. You know, I grew up in a small town and we fixed everything. My dad was mechanically inclined. And, you know, Steve, when he was younger, he would go out with me. You know, he was taught how you fix this, how you wire that up, how do you connect this, how do you solder a joint, you know, so that it doesn't leak. And parents are not spending the time with their kids that they should. That's right. I now, agree. How many how many men do you know that don't know how to change a tire on a yeah, car? right. You know, I mean, it's amazing. I yeah. got to call AAA to change my tire. I, it is so true. And that is a major problem. And uh, so often you can trace back major problems to the home, to the lack of uh, uh, equipping that, that parents, that was uh, a given. It was granted. And when I was a young man, that a dad was going to take, just like what you did with Steve, that uh, with my boy, with my, even with my daughters, my daughters wanted to know how to do things on their own. And so that equipping is so much fun for them and it's fun for dads, but somehow that art has gotten lost, hasn't it? Hey, Steve, is it still fun for you? <laughs> <laughs> Some days. I think it was fun. Uh, my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter was probably of all my kids was the most eager to be that right-hand person on any um, construction thing that I would be doing or a maintenance of something, she'd be right there wanting to learn how to do it. We sold a house one time and had to rebuild the front of a shed. The doors had gotten just kind of dry rotted, mm -hmm. look, didn't look good. So we, we basically went to uh, one of the box stores and got all the lumber and laid the other ones down. And together we, we built that whole thing with miter saws and everything. And it, she was having the time of her life. I, I wish more parents would realize if you get your kids involved in things, even as you guys did, uh, they, it would be, it would really be uh, an equipping moment for them that they would have for the rest of their lives. Well, you know, my I'm an old school fella, and my saying is once Atari came out, the time you spend with your children went downhill because it was easier to say, go, go play Atari, go play on your iPad, or whatever they have now out there that they go to, and the parents do their thing and the kids don't have the guidance they're mm -hmm. playing some video game mm -hmm. and so no one takes the time to show them and it's it's really not the child's fault it's the parents and the parents aren't doing what the bible tells them to do you know you teach your children you raise them your job is to raise your children to be good christian productive people and again i go back and our kids today are hearing from schools they're hearing from media that uh, that is not the way it should be there that it, it's the village it's got to raise that child but parents by god's grace across the country 
they're starting to wake up. Right I now. think you're right. I see that. I see that parents are coming around and they're doing a little bit better with their kids. And, uh, you know, we're living in a sad world right now. Yeah, we and are. And yeah. if you, if you let the day to day get to you, it'll take you down. So that's why you have prayer. Yep. Prayer <laughs> changes things. And Amen. we're going to be talking about uh, living our lives with the kingdom in our hearts. And uh, when we return, my guest today, Clark, and Steve Waters from EC Waters Air Conditioning. We'll be back with them in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. A fun chat today with my guests in the studio. A, I have today Clark Waters and also his son, Steve Waters. They're both from EC Waters, the air conditioning company. You hear about it on The Shepherd in our uh, commercials. It's really great to have, to get to meet you. I know Mark has spoken so highly of you through uh, these past couple of months. Uh, you know, one of the things that Mark has stood for, in fact, he wrote a book about it, is marketplace ministry. And a lot of people hear that term and they really don't understand it. But basically, it's just meaning what you're doing. It's taking the principles that you live by in your life uh, the the God principles of how you treat other people, how you even uh, even being respectful to other people, and applying that in your day to day life. That's something you guys do, right? Yeah, we do. Um, you know, I I pray every morning when I get into work and thank the good Lord for the blessings that He's given me. I also let Him know that it's because of Him and not what I've done that we have been successful, and He continues to bless us each day and. With that, uh, starting off my day, knowing the mindset, I'm thankful at night as well and throughout the day. But, you know, um, I guess the the thing I said earlier about doing what's right and not what I really wanted to do, uh, the devil's probably sitting on my shoulder saying, well, do this because, you know, you, it doesn't matter. But on the other shoulders, the angel that says, no, you do what's right, you know. And so we try to do that. Uh, we don't please everyone. Uh, and we never will. We try to do uh, an honest business. And, you know, if we've offended someone or done them wrong, I'm not aware of it. And if I have, I will apologize. Uh, Steve is the same way. You know, we're very personable. We want to help you. We're not here to just charge you. We're here to fix your problem, give you a comfortable house to sleep in at night, and explain to you with some options what you can do. We don't just go in and say you have to do ABC. It's A, B, C, or D. Tell us what works for you. Stephen mentioned that earlier. You have option A, you have option B now because of the supply chain, so there's not a lot on some issues that we can do. But, uh, you know, God plays a big part in our life for Steve and mine both. I mean, you know, we we know where it comes from, you know. And, um, you know, I've asked the Lord many times, if there's something else you want me to do, lead me that way. Mm-hmm. And it's always led me back to get better at what you're doing. That's Mm -hmm. what I want you to do. So this is my mission. This is what I do. And I think that is well said. This is my mission. And that's really the heart and soul of Marketplace Ministry. It's not just wishing or thinking that if I wanted to do the will of God, if I wanted to serve in his kingdom, I need to become a pastor or a missionary or you know, some sort of Christian worker in a church. And that's not true. And, you know, I've, I struggled with that early on, you know, is this what I should be doing? Um, is there something better you want me to do? And, uh, every time I've gone to the Lord with that, it's always come back, stay with what you're doing. This mm-hmm. is what your gift is. Grow where you're planted. Yeah. 
yeah, and don't yeah. try to change the world, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what we've done and it's worked well for us. We have a good reputation. I feel, um, you know, people know that when they call up, they can get in touch with me or Steve, if you've got an issue and, you know, we can't help everybody, but we do try, mm -hmm. you know, we're only so big. We can only take care of so many people in a day. And, and I understand it, you know, people are hot and they want it fixed. They want it fixed now. So the quality of work that we do compared to another bigger company that has 300 employees, uh, we've got our hands on. We know what our techs are doing. We know what needs to be done. We know where they messed up. Uh, we know how we need to rectify it, what needs to go on and do that. And, you know, Steve has been so instrumental uh, the last three years in, in our pricing guidelines and keeping up with the changing times. He's a lot more computer savvy than he's letting on. He, he takes care of all that. And so at this point in the game, he probably knows more about the actual pulse of the business than what I do. You know, he's very good at that. You know, we go over it. He tells me what he's done and I don't have to worry about it. So, you know, he's, he's pretty much running the show now. Well, that's wonderful. And, and on that, Steve, one of the things that I can get from you and seeing you and hearing you and hearing what uh, your dad is saying one of the things that strikes me, it's very clear that you have a good work ethic. And that is something that it seems to be in short supply uh, among your generation and, and even those younger than you. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes. I, I'd say um, I don't know, there's still my, my generation. I'm, you know, I'm in that 40 to almost 50 range there. So, you know, we still know how to go out there and, and do things. But, yeah, I've seen a lot of the uh, younger generations um, just wanting to put the effort in. And I've always told everybody, you know, if you want a career, I can offer that to you. If you're looking for a job, I'm probably not the guy. Because um, I want people who want to learn, who want to better themselves, want to be able to establish things for their family. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that's kind of the uh, what we're looking for. And th explain the difference, elaborate on that just a minute, a, a bit, if you will, the difference between a job and a career. A job is something I've always looked at as something you're going to go do. It's not your permanent landing ground. You're not called to it. You don't have any passion for it. You're not really interested in it. You're just kind of doing it to get by and pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Career is something that I'm going to establish my feet here. I'm going to get roots here. I'm going to put the time in, I'm going to put the effort in, and I'm also going to see the rewards from mm -hmm. it. Um, I've always told everybody it's at least five years before you see anything with any job, any sort of return, um, almost as if farming. You know, you got you to do the work in the field, plant your seeds, then, you know, you get the harvest. Mm -hmm. Kind of the same thing um, with a career. Okay, now with that in mind, when you look, Steve, at the uh, generation coming up under you, the available workers, what is the biggest problem that you see? Availability. Uh, people wanting to get into the industry, which kind of leads back to, again, while they're creating so much more technology that you can do it from your phone mm -hmm. or from a computer, is the skill set of having people to actually know what it means. And, you know, kind of as if when you take your car in, now they plug it in and whatever it says on the screen, that's what they're going to do. Um, you don't have technicians that can listen to it, kind of run it and see what it's doing and go, Hey, I, let's check this out before we just do that. There was a day the mechanics would know the engine inside out. Correct. 
I mean, Not so anymore, huh? Yeah, no, all of the mechanics we've had work on just our company vehicles and stuff. I know when I go in there, they've got just racks of books of every vehicle ever made and engines and pulling stuff up. And, you know, now when I take a car to a dealership or something, just a young kid plugging it into a computer and saying, oh, you got a 47 code. So we're going to do whatever 47 <laughs> says. And charge you whatever forty seven says Correct. is worth. And you're then you're you know, a day later you're like, hey, it's not fixed. Well, that's what it said was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, finding people in this industry has always been a challenge for us. I mean, for the twenty five years I've been doing this, it's it's been hard to find people that want to get involved in it and want to actually learn it. Now, with that, what is the most fun part of what you do in your daily job? Get to play with torches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds cool. Um, no, it's always interesting. I like solving problems. Um, so it's interesting when you can, you know, you talk to some people because a lot of people are like, I need an air conditioner. And they're like, well, swap this box out, put another box in. And, you know, kind of talking with people and saying, well, tell me a little bit about what's going on. Um, that's when you get you know, you can find things and when you like solve problems for people and, you know, not just comfort levels, but like, you know, allergies and indoor air quality. Cause that's oh. a huge, Oh, it thing. is huge. I mean, I have had uh, people call me up and just tell me they're like, my kids aren't sneezing as much. We're not taking as much allergy medicine. They're like, thank you for this. This is working great. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we have many products that go in there. Um, but the market's almost so saturated with things that are out there. People don't know what to believe. And that's been a big challenge in our industry is in information because nobody knows anything about an air conditioner. When you buy one, it's 10, 12, 15 years later before you're looking at getting another one. So you don't remember anything from the first time and what you knew 10, 15 years ago has completely changed. Yeah, yeah. It's just like buying a car now. I mean, if you, doesn't have a touchscreen in there. I don't know if people know how to start them. Yeah, it's so true. My goodness, it seems how quickly technology can rob a lot of people of very basic skills that they used to do. And if they don't touch it for a while, it is almost in this day and age, like they quickly forget what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, even just, uh, I was talking with my wife yesterday about our kids and they were using, you know, we we're giving them the phone to use. And they weren't FaceTiming because they always talk with the grandparents and it's FaceTime. And we're like, no, hold it up to your ear. And they, they were like, <laughs> they're huh? just looking at me like, what do you, what do you mean? Um, and so you're, you know, you're just going, wow. Um, yeah, this is how you use a phone. Yeah. And yeah, even when they see old pictures, you're like, well, that was what a telephone was. And what we were watching, uh, my wife and I went to see Top Gun this weekend and we were watching it and, we're looking, we're going, wow, they're not going to know what a jukebox is. And then there was like an old cigarette machine in a bar. And we were like, wow, kids don't know what any of this stuff is. And you're just sitting there just going, it's, it's amazing just in 10, 15 years, how things have changed. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing with just, you know, even air conditioners is what you knew then is completely different from now. Wow. It's so true, but I'm grateful we have guys that we can, Number one, uh, trust that they know their business, but then more importantly with you guys, trust that they are going to represent uh, what you need, what a customer needs in their life and not take advantage of them, treat them the way 
that the Lord would have us to treat them. Yeah, we've had people call up and ask for a certain product that we won't sell, and they want to know why. And we basically tell them it doesn't work, doesn't do what it wants. we want it to do. You know, we've got a product that we know does what it says it'll do. It's been tested. We've got the documentation to provide you that proves that. So we have some of the best clean air products, in my opinion, that's on the mm-hmm. market today. Uh, so, you know, we solve a lot of problems. We can't solve all your problems because everybody's different. Uh, but, you know, when we go into a home, like Steve said, we give you options. And we look at the whole picture. We look at the duct design. If you've got a room that's hot or you got a room that's too cold or the house is out of balance, we check that out. If you've got a room that you don't use and you want to save electricity, we figure out a way to do that so you can zone it off. So, you know, we offer options and solutions that fit their budget and for what they actually want. I mean, we can do anything you want to do in a home. It's just what do you want to spend and what works for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got a lot of experience. Uh, you know, I've been I've been doing this since I was 18 and uh, done everything from commercial building automation on the computer programs to actually writing the program and learning how to write code. So um, I got out of that side of it because when I started my own company, I didn't want to go down that route. Uh, the commercial side of it was a little bit more challenging and you had to have some better trained people to do that. I mean, you just can't take somebody and put them in front of a computer on a 200 ton chiller, inspect them to know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's been rewarding. You know, uh, there's been days that as you can see, I don't have any hair off. I didn't have to pull it out. It just fell out. It just fell out. You know, the reward at the end of the day is, you know, we made someone comfortable. They're happy with what we did and they're going to tell their neighbor about it. And, you know, I'd say 85% of our work is referral. And that's a big compliment to everyone that works with us. Uh, It's not me. It's what the guys out in the field do and the office staff. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, good people, you know, and you have to look for them. How can uh, people get in touch with EC Waters? BR549. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a lot of people today wouldn't even understand that. Right? Um, you can call, uh, um, you can do service at ecwaters.com, which is goes right to our dispatcher, or you can call our office at 407 294 6464. That's uh, 407 294 6464. And you have a very nice voice. Well, thank you very much. So yeah. do you. <laughs> well, thanks. It's great to have this. I, I really feel like I'm. Um, I'm I'm listening to a radio announcer as he's telling me about his business. That's what it sounds like. I'll fill in for you anytime. I need another career coming <laughs> there up here. You go. I may be calling you guys. Thank you for coming in, both thank of you, you Clark, it. and also Steve Waters from EC Waters. It's been great to have them and give them a call. That address one more time. Web address: ecwaters.com. ecwaters.com. Send them an email and they'll come out and help you out. Friends, thanks for being with me for yet another program, and we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.